0: Welcome to Unsung Heroes, with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny, and I'm joined by a few of my friends. We have James. Hello. We have Samuel. Hello, and we have Daniel.
1: What's up, guys?
0: Wow, he just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't just, know why my, my I can, first? Thought, I can disappear wow. out of
1: nowhere too. Watch. Oh
0: my! <laughs> Where would he go? Wow! Where is he? My, my first thought was like you is like a fish with like he's like he's like coming <laughs> to the surface or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did sound like a fish. <laughs> oh. Well, like you swam towards us, and then you swam I away. I
0: was fishing for a compliment. Never mind. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: How's, how's everyone been? How's everyone doing?
0: Good, good. Yeah. I hope yeah. all the listeners at home are doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm doing great. James, how are you?
3: I'm doing very well. We are in the process of uh, getting a house right now, which has been stressful. <laughs> Moving up least. in the world. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, um, some of you... May or may not know, but my wife and I are going to be moving here pretty soon. So we're going to be doing a couple more episodes here in our slightly truncated format until uh, I move, and then we're going to hopefully see what our next steps are. But yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. So where are you where are you moving, James? Well, I'm going to Tennessee, and I have never lived there, but you know I've been there, like it a lot, cool place, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, how are you guys doing?
2: Well, I'm doing all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> you Screw you guys. You, you don't sound good, Daniel.
1: <laughs> well, you know, d- traveling like the way I do with the blue, bloop blue, blues takes takes a toll on me. <laughs> There's a lot it of Takes effort. a lot of time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I can
0: imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thanks so much for joining us once again, to our listeners. We have a pretty interesting episode here. Uh, we'll be talking about someone named Rachel Carson. Um, and I actually don't know anything about her because it is Daniel who will be telling us.
2: So
1: Yeah, so why did you say it's gonna be an interesting episode, Johnny? Because they're
0: Ooh. all interesting Ooh. episodes. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. They're all I interesting appreciate. episodes. He
2: was confident in your presentation yes, that will be. I appreciate us. Johnny's exposed,
0: your, your confidence in me. <laughs> yes. I can't I can't hear the name Rachel Carson and be bored, okay? It's just <laughs> she
3: sounds like a spy. Like Agent Carson, doesn't that?
1: No, it is it sound. is a it is an interesting one. Um, oh. the one I picked today. It's a a lady by the name of Rachel Louise Carson. I wanted to kind of steer away from ancient warfare for a second, (laughs) because that's kind of what I've been doing recently. And I wanted to shift my focus back towards science. And in a sense, this kind of reminded me of the Vivian Thomas episode of, you know, someone who comes from poverty and has some good scientific slash medical achievements, so oh, that is the way that Rachel Carson goes, she wow. was an American marine biologist turned author, turned conservationist.
3: Wow. Wow. That's a lot of twists and turns there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like marine biology is such a vast, vast science. Like, there's parts
3: (laughs) of the... Kind of like the ocean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like there... But literally, there's parts of the ocean that haven't been explored and creatures that haven't been discovered. And so it's just always always changing, you know?
1: What year was this, Daniel? You guys would think I would never do something like this because I hate the the big deep blue ocean.
0: Do you really?
1: We yeah, we actually just watched the life of pi for the first time. Oh, yeah, that'll turn anybody so off hated. the ocean, I think. Oh <laughs> man, you know when they sink in like what is it the the deepest part of the ocean? Oh yeah. In the world. Oh man, I just I get uneasy just talking about it. I don't know why. It's hmm. it's one of my most irrational fears, I feel like, but So, I you just, know there's
0: a name for that, which is called thalassophobia. Oh yes, I've and unfortunately
1: wow. stumbled upon the subreddit before and and block blocked it from <laughs> from my Google searches. So. Yeah, you know
0: the, the subreddit r slash thalassophobia is really funny because it's for people who have thalassophobia. Except it all it shows is pictures of the deep ocean. <laughs> that makes so no it's like, sense. It's like people. I don't it's like know exposure
2: like, therapy, I guess. Yeah, I
3: guess. Yeah. I guess the desired effect is that you get exposed to your fear so much that it, you can become conditioned to not be afraid of it anymore. It's like, right? Yeah, it's right. just
1: masochism at that point. I man. used
2: to have phobias, but then I joined the subreddit, and I'm doing fine now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and
1: it got worse. <laughs> or got
0: worse. you could be like, I used to not have phobias, and then I joined the subreddit, <laughs> and now <laughs> I do. That's not what it do to me, yes,
3: honestly. Too
0: true. Wow. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, dive into her life?
1: Let's do it. <laughs> so she, James, sorry I never answered your question. She was born in 1907. Okay. So we yeah. are looking in, in that time period. She was born in Pennsylvania. And growing up, it's noted that she loved reading. And she especially loved reading about the natural world and the ocean. And as we know, she becomes a marine biologist. So spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. She's always been super smart. She graduates high school at the top of her class of 40 students. In college, she goes to the Pennsylvania College for Women and first studies English, but then switches to biology. Um, but her writing is just so good that she keeps writing for the school's newspaper and helps out with other like editorial stuff. Um, and she's actually admitted to Johns Hopkins University her senior year. Oh, wow, But yeah. she has to remain at this college for her s- senior year due to financial difficulties. She actually had the chance to go ahead on just move over to Johns Hopkins. but So she graduates from Pennsylvania in uh, 1929 and then she enters Johns Hopkins University, and there she gets her master's in zoology. Oh wow. Yeah, so she she knows what she wants to do and she's she's going that way. Mm. So following this, she really wanted to get her doctorate right away, but she had to get a job to aid her family during the Great Depression. And then to make matters worse, in nineteen thirty-five, her father died. So the financial situation for her family just became even worse. So mm. she had to kind of take on even more of that burden. Mm and then she is encouraged by her undergrad mentor Mary Scott Skinker to whoa, 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 hold
3: hold on. Hold up. What was her name? Mary
1: Scott Skinker? Man, that's a name. Wow. That that is Sorry, a name. keep she going. That that's just she yeah. is so immature. <laughs> so, she's encouraged to work at a temporary position with the US Bureau of Fisheries. Wait, well, okay, wait. wait okay, so you 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 comment on stinker, but not on the U.S. Bureau. Of I was fisheries. about to say,
3: I feel like there's some kind of pun here, but I couldn't think of one.
1: Come on, James. <laughs> Come on. You're like peers from Community. You're like,
2: wait, oh. there's
3: there's there's something there. <laughs> there's
2: a joke in here.
1: I know it.
3: It's such a softball that I couldn't like even fathom how easy it was to make a pun out of that. You know? Just yeah. Well, that's
2: okay. <laughs> you could just disappear and go. Blah, 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 blah.
3: Yeah. That seems to work this
2: podcast.
1: Yeah. See. Yeah. It it ties into the C. Nature of this, anyway. So, she joins the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries, uh, writing radio copy for a weekly educational series on aquatic life. And this series is designed to generate public interest in fish biology and the work that this U.S. Bureau does. And she actually achieves quite a significant amount of success, which is pretty new to this Bureau because no one really had cared about it too much before. <laughs> So she's able to garner a lot of public interest in it, and because of her work in that, she becomes the second woman hired by the Bureau of Fisheries for a full-time position, hmm. and her title at this point is junior aquatic biologist. So she, she knows her stuff, and what's, in, what's incredible to me is not only is she a genius in that field, it's also coupled, again, remember she loved reading, and then she studied English a little in college. She is really skilled at writing. So she really puts those things together really well.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I feel like a lot of people who are into biology or science are usually like all into one thing and not so good at others. Yeah, very specialized mm-hmm. these days. But but she exactly, seems yeah. to she seems to really have a lot of skills across the board.
3: You know, what I think is also kind of funny is today you're always kind of told you know oh don't go to college for you know english or history or something in the arts because what you really need for the workforce is a science you know Mm. you know stem degree Mm -hmm. but the funny thing is that she's working in that field but what's i think her money maker right now is the the writing which is kind of interesting exactly yeah Yeah. it is
1: no you make a great point james because i'm sure she already had a knack for it but her being able to study that is—it really mm-hmm. enables her to increase yeah. her skills. You hear in
3: Samuel it. in the background
0: going, "That's right, man. Yes, that's that's right. right.
2: <laughs> Take that, all you people, <laughs> all you <Right>. skeptics." <laughs>
0: just for those who don't know, Samuel was an English major. Yep, right, yeah. Sam.
2: That, yeah, that was my specialty. And what I was going to mention is, writing really is one of those things that you can just get so much farther in any field you choose just by being a good communicator, good oh, writer. So true. Uh, So especially like in these sciences, I can imagine, well, I don't know necessarily how, how much writing is emphasized, but you would just be ahead of the game if you can write and communicate to your audience pretty well. And so I'm sure that just was a huge advantage for her.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. And she, okay, this comes into play again really soon. But before we jump ahead... Um, in her new position, she is finding slow, like success slowly. Um, obviously, she's really good at what she does, and like we've already talked about, she's also really a really good communicator. So this helps her just be a good fit for her position. Uh, in 1937, unfortunately, her older sister dies, and this causes her to become the sole breadwinner for her mother and her two nieces. Hmm. So this kind of sets her back, unfortunately, but she still is able to find time to keep researching and to keep writing. And she, even in this time, is able to turn a collection of her essays on the topics of marine biology into a book because publishers like them a lot. Hmm. But unfortunately, it sells pretty poorly, so it doesn't really go anywhere. She attempts to leave the, the bureau Which by that point has become the United States Fish and Wildlife Service, which I think the Bureau of Fisheries is a better name. But (laughs) agreed, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Prefer the
2: Bureau of Fishies. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming from the
1: English major
0: here, that's fine. sophisticated. sophisticated. He's like, like, trust me, I'm a good communicator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she attempts to leave in 1945, but there were very few jobs for naturalists available. Because majority of the money at this time for science was being sent to technical fields because of the Manhattan Project. So, a lot Mm. of the money for science was not being given to the natural areas that she was working in. Mm. Um, So, And then in the mid-1940s, right around this time as well, is when she first encounters the subject of DDT, which is a revolutionary new pesticide. And it is said to be kind of like, quote-unquote, insect bomb of the time. And, you know, people are starting to use this a lot on crops and a lot of foods, but it was really only now beginning to undergo tests for safety and ecological effects after it was already being used.
2: Oh, wow.
1: So (laughs) it was kind of one of her things in the horizon that she was keeping an eye on, but editors found the subject unappealing, so she has to drop it and isn't able to go back to it until much later. And then things, things do look up for her, guys. In 1950, she writes The Sea Around Us, which is, it's kind of like a poetic book, but also kind of like a science book. And it's about the history and makeup of the seas. Wow.
2: Oh, and wow. It,
1: it achieves massive success, and it becomes the New York Times bestseller for 86 weeks.
2: Wow. Damn. Damn. wow.
3: I didn't even know that there was a book like that well I know so
1: again this she's one of the people who in her time was fairly well known as especially as this book came out um you know a lot of scientists and everyone are, are really liking this but also the general public is really enjoying it because it's poetic it's it's written yeah. really pretty you know she's able to communicate
2: this isn't like a novel is it is it like a just like a nonfiction I guess
1: the genre for the book is listed as nature writing.
2: Hmm. Okay, so it's like poeticized nature
3: writing, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like a it's like a nonfiction or like a fi- like a poetry sort of thing yeah. about the natural environment. Just
2: kind of like a creative <laughs> nonfiction yeah. description. Yeah.
1: You know. So it's not like Great Expectations, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so can I just say this is like it's really impressive that it was a bestseller for that long because, like, I've I've looked into some of the background behind how the bestseller list works. And um, you know how almost every book that you see always says on it, New York Times bestseller. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Or, New York Times bestselling offer, Like, you know how you see a lot of books say that? Well, the reason is because publishers are, are very strategic with when they publish books they try to publish books during certain weeks when there won't be a lot of competition Mm -hmm. for their specific genre uh, and for their specific like book that's coming out. So they'll be like, like let's say a new fantasy novel is coming out. They try to pick a week when there's no other fantasy novel coming out or no no other big name one. And so then they can be like the only one get a lot of sales in like that first week. And then, (laughs) and then like technically hit the bestseller list just from right. that week and then say that they're a new york times bestseller. But for the for someone to s- remain on the list for that long, That's, oh, that yeah. means it's like across the board like super
2: high. Like seller. loved by everyone. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: and it's it's just it's incredible to me because in our day and age, I feel like you never see a mostly a scientific book be right. a huge bestseller and everyone's reading it, you know. So it might it might be popular among the academic crowd, but you don't really mm-hmm. have just your average person reading it. So Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she clearly wrote it in such a way that it appealed to everyone. You know, I
3: think it was around World War II and a little bit beyond that a lot of the first, I guess, was it sonar or radar? The first kind of exploration made of the massive Atlantic Ocean and the transatlantic ridge, you know, that like huge mountain range that kind of goes between uh-huh. the continents. I think a lot of that was actually first kind of being discovered then as well. So I'm sure mm-hmm. the kind of those advances in submarine technology and... You know, radar, sonar, whatever's going on there. I'm sure that also prompted a lot of new discovery, which would have been really fascinating to people to hear for the first time.
2: And people were probably realizing for the first time how mysterious and deep the ocean is. Oh yeah, not really acknowledging it beforehand, but now suddenly, yeah, coming to that realization must have been wild.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point because she she then writes uh, two more books on it. Well, the third one's kind of a reissued version of the first, but. The whole trilogy explores kind of the whole life of the ocean from its beginning to how it's gotten here. So when you take that incredible scientific fact and you put it in words that really make people want to read it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, she achieves incredible success. And with that also came financial success. And so at this point she's pretty much set for a really long time <laughs> which made me really happy you know I feel yeah. I was I was just like ah oh, you doesn't you go, happen go, to go.
2: many of our unsung heroes
1: yeah
3: that's nice
1: yeah so because of this because she has the financial stability now she's able to go back and tackle DDT that pesticide we talked about before Ooh. so she this is kind of when she makes the switch to become a conservationist and in the late 1950s Uh, She turns her attention fully to this, and especially to the problems that were caused by some synthetic pesticides. I mean, she wasn't the first one to come up with this idea by no means. There were already other scientists who were looking into the harmful effects of pesticides and similar chemicals. So she gets the literature of these people and combines it with her personal connections with many government scientists that she has. So she takes advantage of her networking, which is very smart. And you know, she, she's able to get confidential information from them. And she starts writing a book called The Silent Spring, which documents the harmful effects of pesticides. And she does this especially to one, to educate the general public. And two, to garner political support to fight the pesticides.
2: Wow.
1: And I just, man, I I love how she, again, combines what she does really well, you know, science, but combines it with writing to get kind of the people behind her and to educate the general public with it.
2: That's so cool. It just shows you how powerful that tool of just writing books is, like to have that much influence on the general public. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's such a powerful tool that can be used so well
1: yeah and she very smartly is right before publishing, she at this time she is going through cancer treatments unfortunately, so she's kind of becoming weaker and weaker. And she knows she's going to get huge opposition from many chemical companies and lobbyists. So before publishing, very smartly, she you know is already starting to garner support for it. And one of the main ways she does this is she sends proof copies to many prominent politicians and to scientists you know, so that those people can kind of be involved in the writing of this book. But also, I'm sure if you get the, you know, approved coffee from a fairly well-known scientist and author, you're, you're going to kind of feel like, oh, I'm, I'm in her circle. You know, she, you got me, I got you. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She kind of garners the support that way too. And just as she expected as it, right before it's coming out, a lot of chemical companies, oppose the publication and we're trying to get it shut down because obviously what she's going to release to the public is going to make their work much harder but she's able to get her book through and her book becomes a huge success Mm. and again kind of like going back to um, the sea around us and getting people's attention to the ocean with this she's able to bring on environmental concerns to an unprecedented share of the American people. So all of a sudden a lot more people in the U S are aware of what's going on with pesticides and chemicals and, you know, food growth and all that. And she's able to get that support with her book and it leads to a nationwide ban on DDT and many other pesticides. Wow! So she, she does it guys. And that's right. (laughs) It's kind of, it's, it's, she's also listed as, uh, one of the kind of inspirations to lay the foundations of, a, of the environmental movement in the. US yeah. that um, eventually started the U.S Environmental Protection Agency. Wow so,
0: I'm just impressed that you know she's able to fight off the big chemical companies. Because they, yeah, I, whole, their whole
3: livelihoods are probably based on that, right? Yeah, so yeah. Like, we gotta shut this down. You know, exactly. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So
1: proud of her for sticking up.
3: Samuel, how does it feel to have your entire major vindicated so strongly
2: in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's my <You> question. Know, <laughs> that's probably been the biggest defense of, uh, of an English program I've heard in a long time. Seriously, man. <laughs> yeah, they learn to write people. Sam.
0: That's powerful stuff.
2: That's that, it. Really is though. It's one of those things that like the humanities, especially English and other communication degrees just being able to use tools to share information with the public
0: Hmm.
2: in a way that they otherwise wouldn't understand it's just i don't know so needed nowadays i think
0: next time you go outside and smell the fresh air just say thank you english department (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) we've got some weird things we're saying thank you too that's all i gotta say (laughs) Uh, thank you english (laughs) If thank people you. took
3: our advice on this podcast, there'd be a lot of, like, <laughs> people giving <laughs> just weird say, stares. To say,
0: thank you, the written word. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thank you, O-texts. O-texts. O-texts! Yeah. I sing an O to thee. By the end of this podcast, everybody will just go around thanking everything. Yeah. Everybody for everything. Hey,
0: if everybody did that, I think this would be a better world. Hey, you know, I think right. so, too.
2: <laughs> the
1: goal of this podcast has gone beyond... Leaving no hero unsung, but to to thank, to spread thankfulness. We'll
2: leave literally nothing unsung.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should we should change our slogan to Thankfulness. Yeah. Thankfulness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. thankfulness.
0: And what gratitude. was the wait? What was the other one we did in the in the other episode? Thank you. What was it? We did the one about
1: air conditioning. We did
0: about Ignaz Semmelweis Semmel, washing Weiss, your Washing, hands. Your hands. A
2: washing in hands.
1: We did Norman Barlog was no pain, no grain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like that one. We had some good t-shirt ideas that never came to fruition, but that's... You never know.
2: So this one is thank you, English majors?
1: Yes, thank you, English. So (laughs) she's uh, posthumously awarded later on the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Jimmy Carter. So you can't really say that no one knows about her. She's fairly well known in that, but you know the general public doesn't necessarily know her name. For sure. So we want to make sure that people give credit where credit is due. And no, one of the starters of the environmental movement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she, she continues slightly. She doesn't have too many years left, unfortunately, after, after the book is released, but she kind of continues to defend herself and the, um, the science behind it. Um, but like I mentioned, she was going through, uh, cancer treatments because she had breast cancer during this time. Mm -hmm. And the doctors find out that she has severe anemia, which is, a decrease of the, of red blood cells. Yeah. And um, which comes due to radiation treatments and the cancer eventually reaches her liver. Mm-hmm. And then she dies of a heart attack on April 14th, 1964. So just about a couple years after her book, silent spring is out, wow. which is wow. the book she's most well known for even more than the sea around us. So I can only imagine how much more impact she would have. Um, cause you know, she every book she releases, she just keeps peaking more and more. So, kind of a sad end there, but yeah, very much to be thankful for for this woman and the things that she's done. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: definitely. It sounds like she was very, um, very influential for sure. Well, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for sharing for yeah. with us. Absolutely, man. Super, yeah, thank super you. Super cool. And it was interesting, just like I said, it would be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like my major has been represented well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. Thank so. you, English. I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: You're welcome, Samuel. Thank you. All right, so we're going to get to work on a song here. James has a mandolin, if that's you right. can hear it in the background there.
1: What if we just play the, the Rite of Spring, but call it like the Rite of, parenthesis, silent spring? Lord have mercy. <laughs> that That's a
3: hard song to play, man. <laughs> That'd be impossible. Ooh. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I wrote down some lyrics here, kind of on the spot, so they might not be, um, might not be foolproof in terms of how they stand up to the actual playing of the song. But we'll see how it goes.
0: So. They have <laughs> to be as good as the sea around us. Oh no! Ooh. So Ooh. according to your perspective,
2: uh, not great. Or great. so you have to win a New York Times yeah, bestseller. This oh. has to be
0: on the charts for 187. weeks. <laughs> it has to
2: defy its. <laughs> It's uh it's genre. Well,
3: I feel like if I release it when no one else is releasing anything. I mean, that's probably, true. Hey, there you yeah. go. It's, it's,
2: it's all a, it's all a publishing ploy. Hey,
1: I just want this to hit over a hundred of po- of podcasts of of the month in history in Switzerland. In, in Switzerland. That'd the be our Swiss, new record. I think you're setting your, your
2: expectations a little higher. Well there. we
1: we peaked we peaked at what, one oh seven? Yeah. so we're number one oh seven
2: in Switzerland. Hey,
0: all you Swiss out there, we know, we know you ain't <laughs> all, neutral about all, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all, all four of you. Come on. Let's let's hear Come it.
1: Come on, yeah, If you if you tell just one person, we could probably be in like 70th <laughs> place. So
0: <laughs> Dude, we're throwing some shade. We hey, no, you know, listen, we really appreciate all of no, our listeners too. in Switzerland. <laughs> every
2: what if like every Swiss actually listens to podcasts? And we're, hey, we're we should put really on like there. our
3: social media posts number 107 in history podcast in Switzerland. It's like in you know February. It's yeah, only in February. Okay, though. only Make in February. Else,
0: yeah. Man, cool. all right. I feel like the month of June is our month for Switzerland. Guys. <laughs> we're this we're retaking the motherland. Or this if for any
1: other countries want an honorable mention, please go ahead and step up your game. That's true. That's if right.
0: we rank in any other country, we will shout you out <laughs> just as much as Switzerland. We
1: are so desperate. <laughs> <laughs> we could rank 323rd. I don't care. Just, just, just let us rank. rank.
0: I don't think I don't think they rank them that far, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get to this song. Okay. okay. <laughs>
3: All right, let's let's give this a go. See how this is.
1: Top of the class with smarts to spare. learn the world's beauty beyond compare. Tell the whole world about the great blue
3: sea. strides in fish biology tragedy came she lifted alone
1: for her family she
0: tried to go home <laughs> open so DDT is bad, so bad, DDT is bad, so bad, DDT is bad, it's bad for the environment y'all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there it
0: is. There it is. Nice. Wow. Very wow, nice. thanks, James. That was
3: great. Yeah, I felt like the ending really landed there. You know, just, yeah. just, I just yeah, wanted I to come so. out and say it. I it just very, took it very home. Atonal and asynchronic just kind of punches you, you yeah. know, right there. <laughs> it's real deep, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, thanks once again, Daniel. That was really interesting. Yeah, for sure, man. Super cool. All right, any other thoughts, guys? Well, study your English.
3: Write your papers. That's right, yep. and yes. uh, you might get a field in science or get a study in science one day. <laughs>
1: Keep yeah, the oceans know. clean and the pesticides non-existent.
0: Well, like, well I not I feel, like I feel like pesticides are you know important. Some, some anyway, we quite benefit
1: from many. pesticides. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Do your <laughs>
0: do talk. your research on pesticides That's before right. you before you <laughs> drink them, <What? laughs> before you apply them to your crops. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> All right. Well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next one. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.